With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, empowerment. Well, good evening, children of the Most High God. Welcome to Prayer, Praise, and the Word of God. I'm your host, Elder Coilette James, and it is indeed, as always, an awesome blessing, a privilege, and an honor to join with you in the airwaves. We are so grateful to God because he is always so mindful of everything that we need in our life. And I think a lot of times we forget that. Sometimes we think that God is not mindful of us. Sometimes we think that God is too busy to be interested in what's going on in our lives. And sometimes we just don't give thought to it at all. (laughs) And we just want to, to move on in life according to what we want life to be. But tonight we're going to talk about seeing and knowing who God is in our lives, accepting um, Yeshua HaMashiach, accepting the the Christ, the, the Messiah, for what and who he is and why he came to the earth realm. But that's, that's a little later in the broadcast and the word portion of it. As you know, it's called Prayer, Praise, and the Word of God. We just want to thank God for last week's broadcast where Rabbi Sammy came on and he shared about the the high holy days and the festivals and the importance of our heritage um, in in being part of the children of God. It is such an incredible thing when you come into the knowledge and the understanding of what God did when he engrafted you into his family, when he adopted you. See, he is creator. Whether you accept him as God, as Lord, as um, your father, he is always going to be your creator. But we miss, we miss our blessings, we miss our covenant, we miss our rights as being his children if we do not accept him and see him in that light. So we thank God for last week's broadcast, and I encourage you, if you missed it, go back and listen to the archives, seriously, because you need to really, really understand the importance of the heritage of being a child of God. As we have entered into a new month, Ah, gosh, this year has just flown by. We're now into September. Tonight is September the 2nd, the second day of the month of September. As of Wednesday, September 4th, it starts the new year in the Jewish calendar. So it's a new season that we're entering in. It's a new time. It's a refreshing time. It is a time to really come into that oneness and that awareness of really what it means to be created, <laughs> really, seriously, if that deep. It's to, what did it mean that God saw fit to create you, to bring you into creation? 
It's an important thing to, to kind of ponder, you know, what is your purpose? What is your destiny? And all of that is only found in God. It is only found in his presence. It is only found in you seeking him. It is only found in your becoming aware, your knowledge growing as in who he is and who he created you to be. See, the more you search after God, the better you come to know your God, the more you um delve into the different layers and characteristics of God, the more you will understand who you are. You won't fully understand you or your purpose or your creation until you understand your God. Why? Because you were created in his image and likeness. And I know I say this to you a lot, but there's a reason why I say it. Sometimes there's new listeners who haven't heard it before. Other times it's redundancy will cause it to resonate in your spirit. And that's important. You know, I have certain messages that I know God has loosed me in the earth realm to deliver over and over again. The message of relationship, how important it is to have a relationship with God, how important it is not to be caught up in religiosity, caught up in thinking that Christ came to start a new religion. He came that we would be one with him and with the Father. He came that we our relationship could be increased once again with the Father, and we need to recognize and understand that. So I know that over and over and over again I repeat that, but there's a reason. There's a reason, because we got to get that in our spirit. We cannot, we cannot just take it lightly why Christ came. We need to understand his purpose, and we're going to read and talk about that a little later in the broadcast tonight as well. But we're just grateful. We're grateful to God. So that's one of the one of the things that um, God has called me to is the message of relationship versus versus religion and the importance of our relationship with God. Uh, whew, we are also in a place and in a season and in a time in our country where there's confusion. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion in our youth. There's a lot of confusion in our leadership. There is confusion as to what is of God and what is not of God. So, again, the more you study your word, the more you yield yourself to the teaching that God wants to instill within you. I'm not just talking about teaching from me or from a specific person. I'm talking about the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about opening up the scriptures and asking the Holy Spirit to come in and to teach you. You see, the word of God says that he will teach you all spiritual things. Why is that important? Because he's God. Because it is God that is that teaches you in spirit and in truth. So it's important that you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and that you recognize the Holy Spirit as being your teacher. Jesus said that when he left, he would not leave you comfortless, but he would send the comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. How does he comfort you? He comforts you by engrafting you in the presence of God and unfolding, giving you revelatory knowledge of who God is and who you are and what God teaches is right and what is wrong. And see, in our country, in this season, in this hour, the leadership is confused because he has not. They have not. I'm not singling out one, although, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> they have not. They have not taken the time 
to entreat the Holy Spirit to learn what's right and what's wrong. See, they're going on their emotions, you know, and leaders that lead by emotion, they fail. They they fail in the proper, um, how can I say this, the proper revel, proper revelation of the importance of God's word, the proper revelation of the importance of yielding to what the laws of God are. And okay, I, I hear you now, but we're not under the law. Hey, God's law is God's law. Okay, certain things that He put into existence in creation that is law. Gravity is law. Okay, God said what goes up comes down, so therefore what goes up comes down. Whether you're under the law or not, if you go to a top of a building and you jump off, you're going to come down. That's law. These are different things that God has put into existence in this earth realm. Other planets don't have gravity. You go to the moon, you bounce all over the place. But in the earth realm, where he chose to place you, there are laws that have been put into existence. Likewise, because of these laws, he has decreed and declared certain things to be right and other things to be wrong. He's given us commandments, thou shalt, thou shalt not. Those are commandments by God. So don't get so caught up in your freedom and your liberty that you lose focus that, yes, God has placed laws and principles and edicts for us to live by. I know that... (laughs) So much has gone on now in the earth realm as far as our decision makings and what is tolerable and what is intolerable, what is right and what is wrong. And really we have gotten to a place and our children have been engrafted into a place. Systematically they have been taught, not in the church, but they have been taught between the television and the school and teachers. They have been taught that God is wrong to follow God. Think about it. They've taken prayer out. They've taken the Bible out of school. Um, if you come with any type of, of religious saying or faith-based saying on your clothing, you have to remove it. It's called offensive. So think about that. Our children are being taught that following God is wrong. Being obedient to the scripture is wrong. And in the midst of that, that we need to be tolerant of everything. We need to be tolerant of whatever people want to do, how they want to live their lifestyle, that the homosexual lifestyle and the lesbian lifestyle, that that's proper, that's good, because you can't help who you fall in love with. And if you don't agree with that, then you're perpetrating hate and intolerance. And that's what they're being taught, and that's what they believe because we've gotten so far away from the laws of God. Now, God's law said love everybody, hate no man. But God's law also gives us clear definition of how we are to live our lives. If homosexuality is good, then what about murder? What about stealing? What about coveting your neighbor's wife? And what about adultery? And what about fornication? And the list goes on and on and on. Because if 
you can do whatever you feel you want to do and it's all good, then that means that no matter what it is that you're doing, you feel that it's all good. You see, there's confusion in the land. So that you have people that feel that it is their right, (laughs) mind you, will tell you it is their God-given right to do and to live the life that they do and they live and decree and declare that it is right according to God. Think about this. As a parent, those of you that are parents, and you tell your children, um, do not touch that stove, the stove is hot. And there are consequences if you touch that stove. And the child is disobedient to you, and the child touches the stove, and the child gets burnt. And then you're looking at the child going, I told you not to touch the stove. But see, the consequence of your disobedience is you got burnt. Well, likewise, if everybody wants to live their life according to what they want and ignore what God has said and and the laws of nature that God has put into place, then they're going to touch a hot stove and it's going to burn them and there's going to be no turning around to soothe it. See, we have to understand that God, the Father, has put laws in place purposely to keep us from harming ourselves, from harming those around us. People say, I can't help who I fall in love with. So you put yourself in harm's way to disobey the rule of God, and then you say, well, I can't help who I fall in love with. I'm not just talking about the homosexual lifestyle. I'm talking about the adulterer. I'm talking about the womanizer, the the fornicator, all of these different things that God has said do not do, but you put yourself in harm's way by ignoring the warnings that God has given you, and then families are destroyed, they're broken up, all kind of issues are going on, just flagrant <laughs> um, debauchery going on in the land, and then we don't understand why our country is failing. Well, because we've turned our face from God. I didn't mean to do all of this tonight. I was going to open up in prayer, and it was all going to be good, and we were going to move on and talk about the relationship with Jesus. But at any rate, this is how God has led me. So I'm saying that God has institution or instilled specific laws to govern our lives, and we're not to rebuke the law that he's put in place, but we are to embrace it. Christ said he did not come to kill the law. He came to fulfill the law. And that's what our living should do. It should fulfill the law of love of God. You you, you don't, you don't, how do I say this? You don't tear down those that are in a sinful state. And what is sin? Sin is anything contrary to what God's will is for your life, okay? So we're not here to tear anybody down. We're not here to to talk about them, to condemn them, you know, not even to judge them because the judge is God Almighty. That's who we all have to face, okay? But we're here to say that take heart and understand that the Father's love is so great for you that he doesn't want you to touch that hot stove and get burned. He doesn't want to see lives destroyed. He doesn't want to see the hurt, the pain, and the anguish that people have to go through because they've been disobedient to his will and to his word. Amen. Okay. Again, I don't know why 
took me on that path, but obviously somebody needed to hear. So thanks be unto him. Let us go before the throne of God. Hallelujah. It is time for prayer. It is time to intercede one for another. It is time for us to lift up the heads, to stand in the gap, to decree and declare the will of God over each one of our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, we give you praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We are so grateful to you tonight that you are God. That we serve the true and the living God. You're not a, a, a heartless God. You're not a God made out of clay. You're not a statue that we have to carry around with us. But, Lord, wherever we've been, you were. Wherever we are, you are. Wherever we're going, you've already been there. Glory, Jesus. We're so grateful. We're so grateful tonight. Thank you, Lord, for drawing us continually, continually drawing us closer and closer to you, O God, that we may embrace our creation. We may embrace that that you created us for. Lord God, help us, hallelujah, to embrace your will over our lives. Help us, O Lord God, to open up our spirits and our minds, O Lord God, to take in and to drink of your cup, O God. Let the same mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in us. Let our heartbeat be your heartbeat. Let the things that causes you to have joy cause us to have joy. Let the things, O Lord God, that causes you sorrow cause us sorrow so that we, O Lord God, can walk, hallelujah, according to your will that we not fall prey to the temptations of the devil, that we not fall prey, Lord God, to the temptations of our own flesh. And, Lord God, that we would glorify you. Our desire is to be pouring out a drink offering to many, O oh Lord God. We submit and surrender all that we are and all that we are yet to be unto you, Father, that you may have your way in and through us, O oh God. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord, because you are worthy. We worship you, oh, Lord God, because you chose us. We worship you, oh, God, because you created us. We worship you, oh, Lord God, because our purpose is found in you. We worship you, oh, Lord God, because you have brought us through every trial and every tribulation that we have encountered. You, oh, Lord God, have been the architect of our lives. Sometimes we've gotten off track, oh, God. Sometimes the enemy has come in and put stumbling blocks in our path. Sometimes people, oh, Lord, God, have called us hurt and pain. But, Father, you have yet, you have yet been faithful. You always have seen us through it all. You've opened up our eyes to see the enemy afar off. You've made sure that we didn't fall over the stumbling blocks if we would hearken ourselves to you. So we worship you. It's not about us. Huh? It's not about our desire. It's about you and your desire, your desire to use us, your desire for our created purpose. Your word says that we were created to will and to do of your good pleasure. And that's not hard to accept, oh, God, because had you not had desire for us, you would never have created us. We would be non-existent. 
so we understand, oh God, that our purpose and our destiny, our reason for existence, our reason for being is wrapped up and tied up in you. So we continue to yield to you. We continue to chase after you. We continue to open up our heart and our minds to you. We continue, Lord God, to become worshipped unto you, that in all that we do it brings you glory, O God. In all of our seeking, O God, we seek you. We desire revelatory knowledge, O God, the knowledge, O God, that you would Bless us with with wisdom and understanding, O oh God, of your ways, of your will, of your word. We need this knowledge. We need this knowledge. And we will not reject that that you import within us, O oh God, that that you have lay, lay hands on us to receive, that impartation that you are desiring to give unto us. We freely receive it, O oh Lord God. We come, Lord, bearing our souls unto you, that you may have your way in us and through us. Our desire is to serve you. Our desire, Lord God, is to know you. Our desire is to fulfill that which you created us for. We give you praise. We give you praise. Now, Father, those that are within the sound of my voice, I lift them up to you, O Lord God. I I speak peace to the troubled hearts. I speak joy, Lord God, joy to those that are downtrodden, O Lord God. I decree and declare, Lord God, that their spirits would be lifted up in you, O God that your joy would fulfill them, Lord, that it would give them the strength they need, O oh God, on their encounters, in their endeavors. Bless, O oh God. Bless as only you can. Speak, speak, Lord, because as you speak a word, Lord God, it is so. Not one word that you speak falls to the earth and is not bloomed, does not blossom into a harvest. Your word is seed. So plant your seed in our hearts, O oh God. Plant your seed in our minds. Plant your seed in our spirits that a great and mighty harvest of your glory would come forth through our lives. Ah, oh, we give you praise tonight. We seek you. We seek you. We seek you all the more. We desire to be used of you, O oh Lord God. We desire that you would have your way in us and through us. So as they listen, O oh Lord God, as I pray, as I intercede on their behalf, Lord God, plant your seed in their lives. Plant your seed in their circumstances. Plant your seed, Lord God, in their minds that they would receive of you, Lord God, that they would turn, they would turn from whatever distraction has come into their life, that they would turn from the distraction and face you, face you, Lord God, seek you, Lord God. Give of themselves unto you, Father. Because in that, in that, in that, the situation will turn around. In that, the circumstance will turn around. In that, they, hallelujah, will be strengthened. In that, ah, they will be your glory bearers, that for which they were created for. 
Lord God, I speak health and healing to the bodies, the, the reports and the miracles that you have worked in, in various other ones that we have prayed for, Lord God. We are so grateful. We're so thankful, Lord. But you didn't stop with Bishop Alexander. You didn't stop with Sister Kathy. You didn't stop with the others that we have lifted up and cried out for, Lord God. You have worked miracles and literally resurrected them up from their deathbed. But you're not a respecter of persons. So, therefore, we can stand in the gap. We can pray. We can intercede. We can decree and we can declare that you will do likewise for those that are in need. There are those that need your healing touch in their mind. There are those that need your healing touch in their heart. They're suffering from a broken heart. They're suffering from confusion of the mind. There are those that need your healing touch in their spirit, for their spirit has been broken. There are those that need your healing touch in their physical body, for their body is wracked with pain, their body is wracked with disease. But, Lord God, your word decreed and declared that Yeshua came and took 39 stripes on his back, that we would be healed, that we would be healed. So heal us, O God. Heal us of our frailties. Heal us, Lord God, of our anxieties. Heal us of our fears. Heal us of our diseases. Heal us of our poverty. Heal us, O oh God. Heal us from the ailments of life. Mm. Heal us, O oh God. We need your touch. We need to experience you in a newness and in a fullness in a way that we've never experienced you before, oh God. We need to see your resurrected power in us, at work, in and through us. That which we thought was dead, that dream, that desire that you placed in us from birth that we thought had died. We need a resurrection. We need encouragement, oh Lord God, to go forth in you the ministry you've called us to, the business you've called us to, oh, Lord God, the organization, the passions that you have given us to fulfill your glory on the earth realm. Some of them have died, oh, Lord God. Some of the zeal and the zest for you has died, oh, Lord God. Some of the excitement to be used of you has died, oh, God. I'm asking for resurrection a resurrection of wanting to serve you, a resurrection of desiring you above all else, a resurrection of the knowledge and the wisdom that we need to carry out that that you've called us to. Ah, touch, oh God, touch, touch, touch. We need you. We need you worse than ever. We need you, Lord God, to be lights that are set upon a hill. We need you to to make us illuminate, oh, Lord God, in the marketplace, to illuminate us on the jobs, oh, Lord God. Illuminate us in our homes, Father. Illuminate us in our marriages, oh, Lord God. Illuminate us. Shine through us. Ah, we will not hide under a bushel, oh, Lord God. We will not stick our head in the sand any longer, but we will stand upright. We will stand tall. We will stand proud in you, Father God, that your light can so shine through us. Mm, Like that little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Father God, give us the ability to let that light shine. Let that light shine. 
No more, Lord God. No more will be afraid. Will we be afraid to stand up boldly and proclaim you as our God? We won't be ashamed of the gospel. We won't be ashamed of our relationship with you. We won't. And we won't make that relationship secondary to the things that we desire in our flesh. We will no longer allow ourselves to curse people out and then come back to you. For we will put you first, and the cursing will not come forth out of our mouths. For blessing and cursing should not come out of the same spigot. And you've called us as your oracles. We denounce that, that foul and unclean language right now, O God. We will not allow our heart to be hardened and turn our compassion away from those that are hurting just because we're angry or we don't like the individual. We decree right now, Lord God, that your unconditional love will be free to flow in us and through us, that you can use us to love the unlovable, that you can use us to make a difference in others' lives. We give you praise for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can yield our hands to you, that you can anoint our hands with healing, that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover, not because of us, but because of who you are in and through us. We give you praise for it, Father. We decree and declare that we operate under an open heaven, so therefore revelatory knowledge is free to flow in us and through us, O Lord God, to your glory. Reveal, reveal unto us that that you would desire us to do. Ah, lead us, guide us, direct us, and we will be careful to be obedient to your call. Sometimes you give us orders, oh God, that we don't desire to carry out. It's, It's hard. Sometimes you'll separate us from people that we want in our lives. Sometimes, oh Lord God, you'll cause us to speak a word in a time and a season that we don't want to speak the word. But Father, tonight, this day, we decree ourselves free in you. We yield to you that you would have your way, because we know that your word says no good thing will you withhold from us for them that walk upright before you. So if it's something that you're separating us from, then it is not a good thing for us. It might be a good thing, but it may not be a good thing for us. We yield to you. We yield to you. We yield our thoughts to you that we won't think, Lord God, on the ungodly. We won't fantasize on the evils of this land. We won't be caught up in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Ah, We pray over our ear gates, oh, Lord God, that when the enemy, when Satan, the tempter, comes to tempt us, By speaking into our ears that that is ungodly, by speaking into our ears that that would cause us to turn from you, we will not listen. We turn a deaf ear to the voice of Satan. We turn a deaf ear to the voice of our flesh. Let us hear clearly from you, O God. 
but it's clearly, clearly, clearly. A lot of us are in that place of decision, that place, Lord God, of how do we go forward, do we go to the left, do we go to the right, what do we do? We need to hear from you. We need a sure word from you. We don't need to guess at it. We don't need to second guess it. We need to know that we know that we know that the word we receive comes from you. So speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Where there's been confusion, let us clearly know that it is your voice that we hear. Ah, we give you praise for it, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We desire that you would have your way in us and through us. We thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for those, Lord, I hear, I hear, I hear. For those, Father, that are on the line and that are having problems with their children, I decree and declare peace in the home. I decree and declare, oh, Lord God, a turning, a turning of the parent to you, a turning of the child to you, a turning in the relationship, Lord God. You said that children were a blessing to us, oh God. You had given them as a blessing. So when the heart is broken over our children, sometimes we don't see the blessing in them. But I decree and declare right now, oh Lord God, that you are mending, you are mending those broken hearts. You are coming against, oh Lord God, that that the evil one has tried to do to separate the family. You see, Satan does not like the family because you instituted the family. So right now, Lord, I lift up families. Be it single parents or the full family, I lift them up. That family unit, Lord, that's in disarray, I lift it up to you right now, oh God. I place it on the altar. I thank you, Lord, for peace in the home. I thank you, Lord, for peace in the spirit. I come against the wiles of the enemy to try and destroy the child's life. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare, O oh Lord God, that that child shall live and shall not die, and declare the works of the Lord. He, she, whoever, wherever they may be, I decree a turning in their lives back unto you. Back unto you for that parent that does not know where their child is, for that parent that is heartbroken because the child is on drugs or the child is in a, an immoral relationship. Father God, in the name of Jesus, give that parent peace. Wrap your arms around that parent so the parent recognizes and understands that Paul is yours. You are in control. So the parent can... Yield to you. The parent can yield to you. You've given us the ability, O oh Lord God, to pray and make up the head, to make up the gap, to stop the enemy's attack, to stop his wicked devices, and that's what we're coming together to do right now. There are many parents out there that have lost their children to the enemy, but tonight we decree and declare that those that are listening, you will not lose your children to the enemy. You will not. We decree it. We declare it because the hand of the Lord is on you. The hand of the Lord is on your family. And God will get the glory in the midst. He will get the glory in the midst. So don't lose heart. Do not lose heart. God is in control. We 
because you've yielded it to him. You see, God, you can't control that that has not been given to you. I understand that just because of your being a gentle God. Oh, you could take control. You could turn it around on your own, but you have chosen to give us a free will that we would freely give unto you the issues, the situations, the circumstances, the lives. And it's in our giving it unto you that you take up control. So, Father, help us right now to give it to you, to place it on the altar, to release it, to release it. We've carried the burdens for too long. We fought the battles for too long, just in our own strength. We release it to you, O oh God, decreeing and declaring that what you will shall be. And we thank you for it, Father. Ah, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this sweet time. This time of coming together, O oh Lord God, this time of serving you, this time of worshiping you, this time of seeking you. We give you praise for it. Ah, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise for that parent that that child has been incarcerated. Oh, God, I'm a living witness and got a testimony to it. God is still yet in control. God is still yet in those prison walls, orchestrating, conducting, molding, and shaping the life of your child. I have a grandson incarcerated, but since he's been there, God has done such a work in his life. And sometimes it has to get to that point for God to get them in a captive situation to do what he needs to do. None of us want to see our children locked up. None of us want to see our children go through the hardships and the pain that some of them have to go through. But I, I promise you, if God has promised to deliver your child, then he will do just that from wherever that child may be. Sometimes it's in the penitentiary. Sometimes it's in the hospital. Sometimes it's knocking at death's door. But God is a faithful God, and he will honor his word. He has promised deliverance. He will honor his word. Your word tonight is to fear not. Fear not. Because God will honor his word. That's for somebody tonight. I clearly hear it. That's for somebody tonight. Fear not, for God will honor his word. Hallelujah. Father God, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We thank you for this time of prayer, time of intercession, time of seeking you, time of worshiping, because you are worthy. You are worthy of the worship. You are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of our time, oh God. Ah, you created time to give us the time to worship and to carry out that that you've called us to. So we are so, so grateful to you tonight. Hallelujah. Continue to have your way in the midst of this broadcast, oh Lord God. Continue, Lord God, to um, steer us in the right direction, O oh Lord God, to steer us to your throne room, to steer us into your presence, O oh Father. For that is our desire. We desire, Lord God, your presence. We desire, Father, hallelujah, 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 to know you even the more. We desire, O oh Lord God, to worship, hallelujah. Ah, Ah, yea, Lord, yea, Lord, yea, Lord, we come to worship. 
It is all about you, Father. It is all about you. Our worship is to bring glory and honor to you. Hallelujah. I thank you. I feel your presence, O oh Lord God. We just want to continue in worship to you, Father. We want you to know, Lord God, that we need you more than our necessary bread, that, Father God, we seek after you. We seek to pour ourselves into you all the more, to give of ourselves to you all the more because you are worthy. Because you are worthy Thank you Father Thank you so much Thank you so so very very much For visiting us For allowing us oh Lord God To feel your presence on tonight What an awesome God you are Hallelujah 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 I just pray that all of you that um, Have joined on tonight Has experienced the presence of God As I have Just that sweet sweet presence of God. He is so awesome and so mindful of what we need. And we're going to take this into the praise portion. We're going to just listen to one song of praise and adoration and the the calling of God just to, to let him know that wherever he is, that's where we want to be. And then we'll take it a little bit farther in the word. But we give God the praise, the glory, and the honor tonight. Hallelujah. For truly he is worthy. He is worthy. I seem to have some problems with my Firefox not responding to me right now. So I guess we're going to go ahead and go into the Word. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Let's try this one more time. See if we can get this going. Ah, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Okay, well, we will not prolong the time. I really don't know what's going on there, but. <laughs> God. Let your worship
as he came to reveal himself and to understand the importance of seeing him, to understand how we align ourselves with God. Going again, like I said, to John 6 chapter. Let's find in the 32nd verse. Um, and, you know, I, I like to do the King James version, but I'll, I'll break it down in the other side. So I'll start with the King James. The 32nd verse says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will that hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which saith the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Everyone which seeth the Son, that's what I want you to get in your spirit. Just just kind of meditate on that right now. Everyone that seeth the Son, because the Amplified is going to break it down in such a manner that, oh, my God, it just, like, opens it up. Okay, starting again at the 32nd verse. I'm reading the 32nd through the 40th. It says, Jesus then said to them, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. What Moses gave you was not the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true heavenly bread. For the bread of God is he who comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always, all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. But as I told you, although you have seen me, Still, you do not believe and trust and have faith. All whom my Father gives and trusts to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, no, never reject one of them who comes to me. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them all up at the last day. For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who 
in and relying on him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. I want to read the 40th verse to you one more time. This is the Amplified. Get this in your spirit. For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who sees the Son. Now, let's stop right there, who sees the Son. So you may say that you weren't walking the earth in the day of Christ. You weren't one that could physically lay your eyes on the Son of God, on the Son of Man. But. If you, in your spirit, open yourself up to him, you will see him. You will identify with him, and he will give you eternal life. Let's start that verse again. For this is my Father's will and his purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on him should have eternal life and I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. How often have we had discussions with people, and in the midst of your discussion, you'll say, see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? You say that because you want to paint a clear and a vivid picture of what it is you're trying to rely or to relate to that person, how you're trying to communicate whatever that thought, that purpose is to that person. You want that person to see it. It's not just to hear audibly, but you want to paint a picture that's crystal clear so that they can envision in their mind what it is that you are saying to them. That's the seed that God is talking about here. He wants you to have such a clear and a vivid picture of his son and why he came to this earth, what he came to do, which is to give you everlasting life, not to start a new religion, but to give you everlasting life, to give you that relationship back between you and the Father, that you once again could have fellowship, just as Adam walked in the cool of the day with the Father in the garden. The Father wants once again, wants to have fellowship with you. And for that to happen, you have to clearly see his son, clearly see the sacrifice that Christ made when he stepped out of heaven. See, he said he is that bread of life that God came to give. We talk about the manna that the children of Israel ate in the wilderness. But he said this was not the bread from heaven which God gave. What happened in Moses' day, that was just something to sustain the physical body. God gave them manna. Do you know what manna is? Manna means what is it? That's the translation of manna. What is it? So when they say we have manna, they say, what is it that we have? God gave us something, but what is it? What it was was something to sustain their physical body. But the bread from heaven that Christ came is to give us everlasting life. It is not just about to sustain our physical body. That's why he said that this bread, if you partake of this bread, you will no longer hunger. You will no longer thirst if you drink from his cup. Why? Because he is continually filling you and refilling you. He doesn't stop feeling you over and over again. So that's why you don't hunger and thirst because he's always present. But for him to have that place in your life, for him to occupy that place in you, 
You have to see him. You have to open up your eyes, not just the physical eyes, but the spiritual eyes. You have to receive what he did. And in receiving him, in seeing him, then you have to believe in. You have to believe that, yes, God stepped out of heaven in the form of Christ, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. He stepped out of heaven and took on the form of man that he could come and sacrifice himself just to have fellowship with you once again. What kind of God does that? A God that loves you unconditionally. A God that did not cast you aside because of your sin, but a God that loved you in spite of and because he could not have fellowship with the sin that was in you, he came down, sacrificed himself to cleanse you of that sin so that he could have fellowship with you once again. I am so in awe of the love that God has for us. And we take it for granted. We don't appreciate it. We don't take time to recognize him as who he is. We're so busy wanting to do our own thing and fulfill our own lusts and desires that we don't want to take the time to say, oh, my God, you love me that much that the punishment that should have been mine, you stepped out of your deity to come to earth to take my punishment just so you can fellowship with me again? Oh, my goodness. I mean, come on, think about the the totality of that situation. And he wants you to see his son, his son, Christ. He said that all whom my father gives me and trusts to me will come to me. Are you one that the father has given you to the son? Because if you are, then you need to walk upright and act like it. Stop trying to mold and shape God into what you want him to be and allow him to mold and shape you into what he created you to be. We want to tell God how we want to live our lives. We want to tell God how it is that we want him to bless us. Instead of recognizing and understanding him to be the potter, us to be the clay, him to be the creator, us to be the creation, him to be the the destiny maker, us to be trying to fulfill the destiny that he created us for. And becoming that person of humility and submission unto God. That in you and through you, God may be glorified. Stop the complaining. Stop the murmuring. Stop the backbiting, stop the gossiping, stop the condemning, stop all the things that the enemy would freely encourage you to do. Stop all the things that your flesh would encourage you to do and decree and declare over yourself that if you were worth it to God to come down, sacrifice himself on your behalf, to have fellowship with you, then you are worth turning around and being that prized possession that he has called you to be. Stop listening to the decrees of the enemy over your life. The devil is a liar. 
There is no truth within him. He will twist and turn and pollute and profane everything that God has spoken over your life and spoken into your creation. Know that. He is not going to be straightforward and honest with you. He will continually try to keep you in bondage. He will decree and declare over your life that you are worthless and not worthy of the honor that God has bestowed upon you to call you his child. The devil is a liar. Recognize his lies for what they are. It is time for the body to stand upright, decree and declare, I am a child of the Most High God. I have purpose and destiny within me. There is greatness on the inside of me waiting to spill out all around in the atmosphere around me. For such a time as this, as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, we're entering in the high holy days. No, they're not just the Jewish high holy days. They're the children of God's high holy days. The time where we give of ourselves in adoration and praise unto God for the new season, for the newness of what he is calling us to, your season. It is your season. We have multiple seasons that we go through, just like the seasons, the fall, the winter, the spring, the summer, There are multiple seasons that make up the year, but the year is one season. So you've had multiple seasons that have met what made up your life, but the season of life is that that God has called you to. It is time to walk in the newness of your season. We're entering into the fall season in the weather calendar. On the the Jewish calendar, we're entering into the season of the new year. Wednesday marks the new year. It's a new season. It's a new time. It's a new celebration of life. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it with your worship of God, with giving honor to him for what he has created in and through you. No more walking contrary to God's word. No more walking in a state of disbelief, saying that he can bless everybody around me but not me, saying that this, that I will never achieve what he's called me to do. It is a new season. It is a new time. Yes, you will achieve that that he created you for. Why? Because He has spoken it into existence. God is not a God that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Have he not said it, and will he not make it good? Why is that such an important scripture? Because if God said it, it is so. And God said that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made, that he has put greatness within you. So stop buying into what society says. Society says that you're you're broke. Society says that you don't have the shape that the, the little sexy models have. Society says that you don't have the intelligence that you need to accomplish that that God calls you to. Society and the devil is a liar. And stop listening to society. Start listening and hearing the voice of God in your life. 
He has well equipped you to carry out the purpose of your creation. Speak it. Know it. Let it resonate within you and begin to see God, see Christ, see the Holy Spirit. See it with your seer. See it with your knower. See it with your spirit. See that that limitation that they try to put on you on your job is just that. It's their limitation. It's not yours. See that, that that husband, that wife, that mother, that father that told you that you would never amount to anything, that teacher that said you weren't smart enough to accomplish what it is that you desire to accomplish. See it as their limitation, not your own. Because you serve a limitless God who has given you the ability to tap in to that that he has spoken in over and through your life. I encourage you today to see Christ. See him. See what he has done. See the God that you serve. Embrace what he has done in your life and for you. Do not see in the natural See in the spirit. Remember when Elisha was talking to his servant, and the servant had ran to him and was, "Oh my God, they they surrounded us, and we we can't make it in out." That was kind of the servant's. I'm paraphrasing it, but that was pretty much the servant was scared that they would be killed because the army. I think it was the Assyrian army, if I'm I believe. But anyway, the army had surrounded them, and he was so fearful. And Elisha said, "Lord." Open his eyes that he may see. And when his spiritual eyes were opened, he saw chariots of fire surrounding them in the heavenlies. Those that were for them outnumbered in number and in strength and ability those that were against them. That's what I want you to see today. I want you to see that the spirit of the living God that dwells within you has so much more power and infinite more wisdom than that that has come against you. See him. See him today. Believe him. Know that he has not lied to you. God has never, ever lied to you. He said you were fearfully and wonderfully made. He said that he created you in his image and in his likeness to subdue, to take dominion, to rule, to reign. He said. So see him. And then as you see him, see yourself. See who who he has proclaimed you are. And then go forth with power, and might to do that that he's called you to do. Amen? Amen. I pray that our session today has been a blessing to you. I know it has been a blessing unto me. I just want to pray over your life briefly before we get off the line. Ah, 
because God is God is an incredible God. Lord, I just lift up my brothers and my sisters that have joined in, oh, Lord God, and I just pray that their spiritual eyes would be open, Father God, that they would see you as you are, that they would see themselves in through your eyes, that they would know the greatness that you have purposed them to, Father God, that they would not walk in the limitations that man has tried to put over them, that they will not limit you by their finite minds, but that they will see the infinite wisdom that you possess, that when you created them, when you called them, when you sanctified them, when you justified them, when you called them into your bosom, you knew that they were capable of doing that which you created them to do because you placed it within them. Help them to see. Help them to recognize. Help them to understand, oh, Lord God who they are in you. Help them to see. Help them, oh God. And I give you the praise, the glory, and honor for their lives. I thank you, Father God, that the limitation has been removed from them. The scales have been removed from their eyes. Their ears are open and attentive to hear your voice. I give you the praise and the glory for that that you have done and are yet doing in and through their lives. To you, Lord God, be all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus, the Christ's name, I decree and declare that it is so. God bless you. I pray that your day, your evening, your night is just incredibly blessed by the presence of God. And I will speak with you once again next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific. Have a God-blessed night. Amen. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.